This week's episode is brought to you by the Creative Product Institute. It's time to scale your business to the next level, stop wearing all the hats, and get the business and life balance that you dream of. Head to sarahjcross.com for more information. Welcome to Products to Profits with Sarah J. Cross, the podcast for creative product fempreneurs who want to play a bigger game and upscale their business. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Sarah J. Cross and I'm here to support you on your journey to becoming a successful product business owner with tips, strategies and stories to guide you through the good times and the challenges of running a product-based business. Today we're talking to Katie Maines, a visibility and storytelling coach and PR specialist who works with spotlight shy entrepreneurs, giving them tools and confidence to boost their visibility and use the power of PR to reach, connect and build trust with their dream clients. Katie's here to share her story of how she overhauled her mindset to not self-sabotage her business. And I am so excited for this because mindset is such a big deal when you're an entrepreneur. It can really make or break your business success. Welcome, Katie. Oh, thanks so much for having me here today, Sarah. I know that so many of our listeners will be excited to hear your story, Katie, because self-sabotage is so real when you're running your own business. So many of us know what it's like to have that rational side of your brain going, yep, this is going well, we just need to keep taking steps towards our goals and we'll all be fine. And then the other side, that irrational side, you know, that monkey brain, it comes in and out of nowhere and starts telling us things like, who do you think you are trying to succeed at this? You know, you're not good enough. It won't work for you or you'll run out of money and have nothing to fall back on. You know, it's just horrible. Uh, I agree. Yeah, that is, I can resonate 100% with what you've just said. And it is one of those things. It's just constant. That dialogue is there all the time. And it's just, I think, a matter of working through that and really understanding yourself and knowing that a lot of those thoughts is going to dictate how you act. So it's really important to sort of get them in control. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really is staying on top of those positive thoughts um, and, and protecting your mindset. So I guess for anyone out there who might have felt this way, but, you know, they didn't recognise it as self-sabotage or maybe experienced it differently, how would you define self-sabotage? You know, why does our brain want to trick us or hurt us like that? Do you think it's more about sort of a self-protection from failure or disappointment, you know, by stopping us from trying in the first place? Yeah, I definitely do. And I actually, the more that I speak to my clients and I, you know, talk to guests on my podcast, I just see this come up again and again and people talking about the fear of success. And I think that has a lot to do with this. So I think with self-sabotage, it's really, it's anything that gets in your way from achieving your goals. And you can see that in the form of procrastination. <laughs> That's a huge one. And perfection. Yeah. They get in your way. And it's almost as if, yeah, I agree. It's number one, it's that fear. So it's your body and mind protecting you because it's going, yep. hang on, if you achieve all these things, are you going to be able to put up with what may happen if you do? Like, you know, certain things can happen yeah. if you, you know, in my space, I work with a lot of people with visibility. And once you start putting yourself out there in the media and putting your views across, 
people may come back to you and rebut those. And are you able to do that? So I think it's definitely your mind and body's way of saying, no, hang on. Are you prepared? And I don't know if you are, and I want to protect you. Um, So yeah, yeah, fear is the big one. But then I think that the second one is really around self-confidence and self-awareness. And Mm -hmm. if you are low in confidence, which can happen the whole way, and we know, don't we, Sarah, through business, it happens again and again. You feel really confident and then a situation can occur out of the blue and all of a sudden you're back to square one thinking, oh my gosh, am I good enough? And that dialogue starts again. So I think that that's another thing, just being really super clear and and just having tools to be able to pull you back and to really know who you are. And and that's going to help, I think, for sure, when it comes to self-sabotage. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think also like, you know, we're both um, Australian, uh, we have that tall poppy syndrome, you know, that we sort of like to level people down or cut them down if they sort of look like they're getting a bit too big for their boots or a bit too successful. I think it stems from sort of just being conservative, maybe by, you know, like not actually sharing the success that you're having in your running your business. Yeah, 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 completely agree. And I think I actually had this discussion with a guest on my podcast recently and she's done a lot of masterminds and things like that in the US. And I asked her that question. I said, is it very different there? And she said, yes, it is. Because even though I think we're getting better with tall poppy syndrome, we've sort of, um, if I guess we were born in Australia and brought up with our parents kind of having that mindset, it's kind of ingrained in us, which is a terrible thing. And so it's not just about other people cutting us down. We cut ourselves down because we're like, yeah, yeah we can't big note ourselves. And as soon as we, you know, we may win an award or something like that and, we don't want to share that because we feel as if, yeah, who are we to big note ourselves? And then we're scared, yeah. I guess, of other people then chiming in and agreeing with all those thoughts. Yeah. So, Yeah. And I think sometimes I remember with my corporate gifting business, I was actually fortunate to get recognised in a number of business awards. And I remember having a dinner where someone said, oh, you're the award queen. You seem to be in all the awards. And <laughs> um, rather than actually saying, well done. You know, you've obviously been recognised for working really hard and for your achievements. Yeah. I sometimes wonder if it comes from a place when people make those comments about they're looking at themselves. They're not so much looking at what you've achieved. They're sort of thinking, well, I haven't achieved what I need. So they're kind of almost, it's kind of a bit misdirected on that person that is having some success. Definitely, definitely. I think a lot of that comes from within us. And even when, you know, you sometimes those feelings come up for all of us, it's quite natural to feel jealousy and things like that. And hopefully we can... Yeah hone them in and not express them. But I I do think that that is, yeah, it's for sure. It's that self-projection, I guess, of maybe insecurities that we've got that are then coming across. But I do think it's getting better. I love, for instance, the community like Women in Business Now. I feel as if there's just so much beautiful support and, you know, you do hear of stories that aren't great every now and again, but I just feel collectively it's a really beautiful, supportive group. And, um, yeah, I just feel like my friends in business have really got my back and will always want to celebrate any, you know, anything that I've got to celebrate. So I think that's a really nice thing. And I think you're right. I think there's been just such a strong feminine uprising, women supporting women now, because we're making choices for our lifestyle to raise children, build businesses. You know, we're juggling a lot of, lot of things. Everyone's like-minded. Everyone's in the same boat. 
yeah, it's just um, become a really nice, like you said, a nice collective of, of women supporting yeah. other women to not sort of uh, pull anyone down. So yes. I think that things are changing gradually, but I think, like you said, it's kind of been deeply ingrained in us as Australians that we aren't the type of, you know, it isn't in our nature to sort of tell everyone how fabulous we are doing, even if we are successful and that's where the self-sabotage can creep in. I agree. Start to sort of, you know, if you're listening to other people's comments, my first business after 10 years ended up being from, you know, that ragged, rags to riches, you know, like kitchen table. And I remember being told by, um, you know, a family member, like, who's going to pay $50 for a gift tamper? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, you know, and just that negativity that I sort of set out to prove them wrong, it was kind of a driving force. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes I guess you, that needs to be healthy, but I'm a bit like that too. I must say if someone tells me I can't do something, that is like the best motivation. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah but I'll it is, prove them wrong. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But I do think as well it's also, and I've heard this before, that our brains are wired to really concentrate on those negative comments and the positive ones you know like you see it all the time and I experience it all the time like you might get thousands like 80% amazing comments and then 20% or even 95% and then 5% are negative or someone one person says something and that's all you can concentrate on and yeah. so that's also be, you know being mindful that that's just normal our brains do do that but we have to kind of have ways to try and focus on that positive stuff that's happening too. Absolutely, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. So tell us about your story, Katie, your experience with it. Like what happened to you and how did it affect you and your business? Yeah, so I think that, look, I think this is something that can happen at any stage of business. It's ever evolving. Like I've got no doubt. So I'm reaching four years in business this year and I've got no doubt that as I go you know, you will experience different challenges along the way and often it's self-sabotage that will come up again and again. Um, but I think I actually started my business out in a really, like I set the foundations really well when it came to mindset and self-sabotage because I started my business by doing a life coaching course which yeah. is quite random. Um, but I was having a bit of a um, career crisis, I guess, after Matt, or during Matt leave, not wanting to go back to my job. And I just saw this life coaching course. Um, I, you know, started following a lot of female entrepreneurs and um, really getting excited about starting my own business. And I saw this course and thought, oh, I'm just going to do it. And I did. And it was the best thing that I could have done because it was really the catalyst for me starting my business. Mm -hmm. But it also gave me all those amazing tools to get started with, to really, yeah, to really understand mindset and understand the role that it plays in business um, and in life. <laughs> but also, I guess, those tools to get me out of scenario. So when I started going down that track where I would get all those negative thoughts and, you know, that would start seeping in and I would start acting in a way that wasn't conducive to my business because I was thinking these things, I knew how to kind of rein that in and tools to sort of get me through that. So that was really great. And I look back now and I can see that served me so well when I started out. And anyone, as you know, Sarah, yourself, and also working with yeah. your clients, those, for, you know, that first year in business can be pretty tough. It's quite a roller. Oh, yeah. It's exciting too. It's a roller coaster ride, you know, of emotions. One yeah. minute you're up here high as a kite because something amazing's happened yeah. and the next you're worried because something's happened that's sort of out of yeah. your control. So I think that it actually was amazing for me doing that. And that first year was great. Um, and I was really lucky because 
my business started really well. Like I started getting clients right out of the gate and that was such a great thing. Um, but I guess the only negative to that was that I never really had time to build the business that I wanted to build and really think about why I was creating it and creating it on my terms. So mm. I kind of let it create itself. Um, and look, as I said, I'm really grateful that that happened because it enabled me to work with amazing clients. Um, mm. My <laughs> philosophy at the time was just to say yes to everything. And I kind of feel like I needed yeah. to do that to really work out what I was good at and what I wasn't good at. Um, but yeah. then with that, saying yes and saying potentially yes to the wrong clients came um, probably about two and a half years in, I would say pretty close to burnout, <laughs> overwhelm, um, hang on, why am I doing this in the first place? Because I was doing this because I wanted the flexibility around family and to work on my terms. And I just feel like I'm kind of doing a day, you know, a nine to five job, but you know, yeah. <laughs> eight to eight at, <laughs> during the day, yeah, like yeah. I really changed Longer my hours. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that was really the catalyst for me to make a lot of changes in my business and, and reach out to a coach and things like that. But self-sabotage was just such a massive part of that. Mm. So I'm really pleased because at that stage, I could very well have gone back to a day job. I was scrolling seek. <laughs> I was, um, yeah. I sort of, it, it all ended because I'd worked with a particular client and it was a client that was a massive global client that I really didn't have the resources to facilitate from the start. Um, and I, everything in me was screaming, don't take this client on. And I did. <laughs> so go with the intuition. It's a really valuable tool yeah. that you've got. Um, but yeah. it really, you know, there was a lot, um, very, very challenging role and, and yeah, it really could have been the catalyst for me just closing the business because I felt yeah, I just felt that it really knocked my confidence. Um, and it, yeah, it, it basically made me go back to all of those tools that I'd learned through the life coaching course and go, hang on, no, you know, there is a way around this. And it's not just by yeah, quitting the business completely. It is actually yeah. about you rebuilding your confidence, which was really number one, um, but also just putting yeah. things in perspective too and also really creating a business that was on my terms and one that I yeah. Yeah, felt fulfilled in and one that I knew that if things like this happened in future, I would have ways of kind of being able to work around that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fabulous. So you sort of designed a business that was going to bring you what you set out to do at the start was, like you said, flexibility and freedom. And obviously you've been able to rein it back in from it started to go off track and then you've had to revisit yes. how you could actually align things with your values and align, align your business with, you know, what's important to you right now with your family and things like that. So how, how have you completely overhauled your mindset? You know, how did you do it? Like, where did you start? Because I'm sure all our listeners, you know, they really want to know, like, okay, what did she do? Because I'm in this, you know, for someone that's in that stage right now, yep. um, you know, what did you do that they could actually, you know, adapt yeah. themselves? 
Yeah, great question, Sarah. And there were a few things that I did. Um, so basically what I ended up doing was remodeling the business structure. So it was one-on-one -on -one consulting and that meant that I had to show up and do all of the work. Um, I did have freelancers helping, but I wanted to change the model so that it was more of a one-to-many approach. And I'd always wanted to do an online course and I'd wanted to do coaching. So just to give you an overview, that's the direction I started to go in rather than the um, model that I originally had. So to do that, the first thing, and number one, um, was I took time out. And I understand I this was quite a privilege to be able to do this. Um, but at that stage, and this is something I'll never do again, I hadn't taken, and I'm, I'm not saying this for a badge of honour. In fact, I think it's um, something I've learned you don't get a badge of honour for, but I hadn't taken a break. I'd basically worked that whole time without a holiday or a break, which was ridiculous. Um, and so I took that break and, you know, it was only two weeks in where I was like getting the motivation back and getting, you know, mm -hmm. getting ideas were coming back, which is something that had left me. And um, so that was n number one. And I think if you don't need to have a huge amount of time, you just need to take yourself out of the business. You don't even need to go away. I mean, that is a great thing because I think the change of environment really helps. But in this scenario, I was at home. Um, my yep. daughter had just started kinder, so we couldn't go away, but just having time out completely away from the business, um, was yep. such a great thing. And I just, in that time, yeah. Um, started walking and just doing things to get out and about um, and just spending time with friends and doing social things like so that is definitely something I recommend doing um, just to give you clarity and yeah you, I can guarantee it will just start those creative juices flowing again the next thing is definitely something that I recommend um, and it's just that you can't do this alone you know, like you cannot do this alone. We need to, you know, we need to look around and hopefully, you know, look for coaches or mentors or people who can support us. Um, mindset is something that, yes, you need to learn the tools to be able to work on yourself, but it's actually something where you really can benefit from something, someone looking sort of being outside of your head and being able to help yeah. you through this and move you through it. Yeah. So, I um, reached out, I actually worked with two coaches last year, um, one one-on-one -on -one and one in a mastermind. And that was yeah. without doubt um, one of the best things that I could have done um, doing that. Yeah. And both helped me in completely different ways, but in ways that really I needed, I guess, to get the business moving forward yeah. in the way that I wanted. Um, and then the third thing was really around community and connection. So something that had happened to me because I'd been working and working, 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 I hadn't, I neglected to connect with people in the way that I, you know, I am a people person. Like I, I say I'm an introvert, but I'm actually a very people-loving introvert. Like I need yeah. people around me, you know, I need to chat yeah. to people every day. I am, um, and yeah, and so I really began to see that this was something that was lacking. And I also felt, because I live on the outskirts of Melbourne, that um, I really wanted people around me that were close, you know, that I could just mm. call and say, let's go for a coffee and not have to spend an yeah. hour travelling, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, and at first I was like, oh, but there's no one around me. Everyone lives closer to the city and this and that. But you don't have to search far to find it actually... 
And now I've found this amazing community around me. And one way that I did that was I just saw, um, I'd been working for like working every now and again in a co-working space. And I saw that they had a business boot camp competition going, which was through the local council and through Launch Vic and Ignite um, Victoria. And it was for a 10K prize. And it was a six week boot camp that you could do and you could pitch an idea and you'd go along to these six different workshops and then at the end of it, you had to present your idea and then out of the 10 people, someone would win the 10K. So I thought, why not? Like that was, it was the perfect timing. I saw that when I was having my little break and I went, oh, why not do this? And it was yeah. the best thing I could have done because I, um, so I did it around my podcast, Business Between Bells, and that was yeah. the concept that I wanted to help parents who were trying to basically build businesses between school drop-off um, and pick yeah. up. And I'd wanted to start a podcast for three years and I had it. And within one week, I started my podcast. I did my um, everything. Like I went out. So the very first, I know the first class, the um, teacher, you know, who was facilitating that particular class said, all right, off you go. You, you know, your homework basically for this week is to record your first interview. And I was just like, there's no way. But I went away and it was like just, you know, with that, I guess, accountability, I did my intro, um, like my welcome video. I did, you know, the whole intro. I recorded the first interview with my first guest and I published it or released it. So (laughs) you got it done. It was what you needed. And obviously it was falling into, you know, having that kind of pause and reset and then you've been able to sort of uncover something. So that's fabulous. And and did you win the... The 10,000? I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. That would have been- but it actually got you going. It got you moving forward and yeah. it sounds like it, it created, you know, you set you up on the path that you are on and, and got your mindset in the right yeah. space. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. It served its purpose at the time. And I do recommend that if you do have a local council around you, um, that they actually do have, often quite good programs um, and they have a bit of a budget for these programs. So it's great to connect. So now I'm quite good friends with the like business manager there who looks after small business. And it just means as well, if other opportunities pop up, she'll reach out to me. Um, And that's a really great contact to have, I think, but it just, yeah, something about the community was really important to me, like the local community as well as, because I do serve, you know, I've got coaching clients at the moment in Amsterdam and in the U S so it's, that's great too because I feel like I kind of can make an impact and connect with people all over the world but I also feel like I'm making friends with people who live around me which is important yeah which is really important and I imagine going into the competition that you've met a lot of local business owners through that process so then they're the type of people that um, are wanting to have some I mean yeah humans are, are emotional creatures like you know we need to have connection don't we we need to actually know that we're not all on our own and we're not isolated and I know from being in business for over 20 years and coaching so many women that it can be quite an isolating experience if you feel like no one else is in the same boat as you you feel like you need to be amongst people who get it, you know, who understand what it is because they're experiencing the same. So you're sort of seeking out that 
community that are like-minded. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Because I sort of feel as if a lot of my, I'm lucky enough to still have friends from high school and it's a beautiful supportive group of girlfriends that I've got, but none of them are in business. And so it's very different to be able to have those conversations with those friends who are in business, because as you said, they get it and they understand those challenges and they can sort of, um, whereas I feel that I really needed that. And I didn't realize that I did until I found it. And I was like, oh, it's just um, great to have that support. So I think that that's so important with mindset because all those thoughts can run away from us if we don't talk them out and we don't speak to people who understand it and get it. Absolutely. No, I I absolutely love what you've said because it resonates with, with everything that I really stand for and believe in. And as you said, particularly in that first year of if you're a startup business, it really does come down to mindset and resilience. 80% 80% of, of businesses fail in the first two years. Yeah. And I think a lot of them give up and, and obviously um, let, let businesses go because it's a challenge with your mindset to keep going and persisting and pushing through those barriers. And, you know, you never know, like you said, it can be a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, you know, not strapping yourself in with a seatbelt, but getting on a big roller coaster and and taking the ride, and and it can be unpredictable. But if your mindset is solid, it can help you to navigate the you know that roller coaster. You basically survive. You know, you come out the other end. I think so for sure. And I sort of have looked around because I'm someone who's prone to be an overthinker and definitely have anxiety and this and that. To be a good leader, I need to I need to try and be relaxed. I need to be calm. And I think that that was something I didn't realise at the start. I thought, you know, I'm the typical A <laughs> type personality where I will work and work and work. And I thought that that would be such a great asset, mm-hmm. I guess, to have in business. It would be a hard worker. But I actually think that it hasn't been great because it has meant yeah. that you know, that I haven't, as I said, I didn't set out and build a sustainable business. I didn't look after myself at the start, Um, but I've learned those Mm. lessons and you do as you go. Mm. But yeah, I think that it's just really important that we look after ourselves and our well-being to ensure that we are then the best leaders and that we, and I look around me and those people that I look up to and that are my business mentors and everything, something that they all have in common is that they're quite calm Um, Not always, you can't always become in business, but when it comes to those scenarios where they could kind of feel overwhelmed and this and that, they seem to be able to, yeah, keep the peace. And and I think that that is important. I think that that's something that we just need to think about. We can all get to that state. It's just a matter, if I can get there, believe me, anyone can. But I think that we need to prioritise that and we need to prioritise that over the busy and over the product being working really hard. We need to... prioritize being a good leader and looking after ourselves yeah absolutely I mean you know your mindset affects your actions and if your mindset is negative you're never going to take those bigger steps or those bigger leaps or those follow those bigger goals yeah you're you like you said at the start it it can sometimes be that fear of success yeah so it is really really important you know to be able to do that and to have that you know as an ongoing thing isn't it oh yeah exactly that's it I I think and as you go I mean you would know Sarah from being in business um you know for as long as you have that that is just I think it's the way that you grow and keep a sustainable business 
Yeah, and I think you do as a leader have to, um, when you're guiding or coaching, consulting, you do have to um, keep a, a level head and a calmness because people are seeking that out if they don't don't feel it themselves they're actually mm. wanting to adapt that quality more in their life that so is I guess so you have true. to sort of set an example like what you said about the calmness yeah there's a lot of crazy stuff that's going on life gets in the way in in many of my clients businesses they've got things that happen that can kind of throw them into a spin and it's not always just business related it can be health and relationships and outside factors so i think it's incredibly important to maintain that feeling of i've got this i'm exactly. in control yeah i can control my thoughts that's how i might you know i'm my thoughts control my emotions or you know like going down that path then can set you up for a lot longevity in business as well yeah i agree i totally agree and i think it's just it you can only get to that place of focus and being calm when you're not overwhelmed. And so that's yeah. why you have to look yeah. after yourself a long way to make sure you don't get to yeah. that state. Yeah. Even as we manage our mindsets and grow in our businesses and achieve our goals, we're bound to experience that self-sabotage again. Like it can at some point in the future when you're going to have like, I call it like a growing pain, you know, it's, it's stepping up and making a bigger decision. For me, my first business, it was, you know, I outgrew my first warehouse and I remember phoning my dad and my both my parents have been small business owners for 30 years and, and dad's been a bit of a mentor and I'd, I'd call him up and say, oh, you know, dad, you know, I've got to make this big decision and he'd say, you know, you've got to spend money to make money and just do it, you know, and it was really quite strange because every time out of the three warehouses that I grew over those 10-year period of that first business, it would actually bring more opportunity. It would actually, it was almost like an abundance that, you know, law of attraction where I would move and be kind of a little bit like, oh, you know, I'm going to be able to, I've got more staff, I've got more fixed costs, but it would attract more business and I would get busier and the business would scale up another level. Yeah. And I don't know if that, if that was just because it was putting it out there, yeah, to that um, manifesting, like I need to get more more business to cater for that or simply that we had more size and there was, I don't know why, it would just would always happen that way. And yeah. Taking calculated risks or making bigger growing pain, I always call them a growing pain, you know, like okay. it's actually going to the next level in your business is yeah it's kind of that growing pain decision making and sometimes you've got to back yourself you just yeah. got to say okay i've got to do this and not think about the failure but think about what it's going to open up in yes. terms of opportunity i agree i agree and my mastermind coach ellie always says that when you're feeling that discomfort and those horrible feelings it usually means that you are up leveling and on the other side of that is as you were saying sarah yeah. you know that growth and abundance so you kind of have to work through it and that is probably when people would be likely to quit or go i've had enough you know yeah yeah but if you work through that then you know you can be guaranteed yeah. that the other side of that there will be something good it's just facing fears and making decisions it's all part of the process and part of the journey that's it to get you to another level yeah um and like you said you you don't want to do that alone you want to actually have 
people that are, have got your back, you know, people that are supporting you, seeing you, cheering you on for, you know, celebrating the, the wins. You don't want to be isolated in that, especially in moments like that when you've got to rely on people that you want to know that you've got, the, you know, their support, you know. Absolutely. With the decision. Yeah, yeah, because I recently experienced it because I um, launched my first do-it-yourself PR online course or something I'd wanted to do for ages. And I don't know about you, Sarah, but for me, I hadn't really launched before. And launching, I think, is a really great exercise for anyone in online business to do because it forces you to be visible. It forces you to say, you know, make sales in some respect um, and to really, I think, become really crystal clear on your message and exactly what you're offering and everything else. But, my gosh, I'd heard other people talk about that launching phase before, but it, that was a roller coaster. <laughs> of launching and opening the cart and, you know, having people you know how people are going to sign up all those thoughts come up and that was something you know I felt that I was in a really good place with my mindset but I kind of in those few weeks had to revisit that again because all those thoughts came up and why am I doing this and then the yeah. other side of that was launching this great course and having these beautiful students in it and everything else so yeah, we've just, it's just part of it we just have to work through it yeah. and um, yeah, yeah just be really confident that we know that what, what is on the other side is well yeah. worth it Oh, absolutely. The three biggest things for my clients with that self-sabotage is negative talk, procrastination and um, perfectionism. I think it's also sometimes people needing to have a bit of a reality check, particularly in that first 12 months, that the, the chances of them having an overnight success and making a million dollars straight away, it's not going to happen. And it is a journey. It's a process that you have to keep on learning. And it's really up until I usually see most people between 18 months to two years that they kind of find their feet. Mm. They work out who their ideal client is. They get their marketing talking in the right voice to the, to the right customers. Yeah. That's when they get traction. So yeah. it's about the, the people. Like it's kind of like you have to have that mindset resilience to get to that point of probably realistically like that two-year mark to mm. really start to sort of season in and actually um, start to sort of see some, some sales and some money coming in. That's I right. think, you know, people, people set out sometimes with um, unrealistic expectations and that can be that self-sabotage, you know, where it's not making me all this money. And I thought I would open my doors or, you know, put my website out there and everyone would come and buy and, and, it, and it's deflating, you know. It, it really is. They've got yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The old crickets. Um, and I think that we are hearing more of these stories now, which is great. And people are being more transparent about these experiences that they're having. But often you just sort of see these unicorn stories of people who have either been really successful overnight and then you actually realise they've been doing it for 10 years before. Yeah. Or you're looking at people that are 10 years on and you're trying to compare yourself to them and thinking, but why are they getting all these yeah. people sign up to their course? But they've actually been in it for that amount of time. They've built a loyal community. They've, you know, they've been showing up again and again with their content. Um, so we can't compare ourselves really with anyone. But we also, yeah, I think expectations are such a massive thing and being realistic with them. Oh, I mean, absolutely. we have to be positive. But, yeah, we also have to be aware that, Sometimes, you know, when you're starting out, you do have to build yourself up. You can't just start with, yeah, yeah. thousands and thousands of people no. knocking on the door. Yeah, you don't just, 
Exactly. Yeah, there is, um, there's a reason I think that people, it would be hard to sort of have that overnight success for a lot of people because the growth and the pressure is so rapid that it can cause people to crumble or, you know, or sometimes people, you know, can rise above it. But I think there's a reason that it's a journey and that you have to be able to back yourself in, particularly in the, those early stages where your mindset's going to be tested the most do you see that pattern of that sort of that self-sabotage that we talked about uh, when you work with clients to get them sort of you know PR coverage or to create content for their podcast yes all the time (laughs) all the time and it comes up in different ways so it can come up in um, procrastination and you know we're sort of looking at different story ideas and things that they could do and it's like oh but I don't have a good enough story to tell and yes you do we've all got yeah. great stories to tell or maybe aiming for things that they're not aiming high enough like thinking oh just try and do this and going no but you actually could potentially get a story covered here or you could do this podcast interview or pitch yourself for it and you might actually get a yes you might yeah. be surprised So I see it, yeah, it's probably very much in the procrastination, the reluctance to put themselves forward. Once again, it comes up for people at all stages. So I can be working with someone and they might be five years into their business or more and they may have done some sort of press and, and, you know, done media and this and that, but then it comes time to do a speaking gig and that's something that they just have avoided and don't want to do. So it's just we have to be really open I guess to always work on these things and try new things and I do think and I say this to my clients it's all about action and I've seen that with my own podcast that once you start it just becomes easier there's no doubt about it and you become more confident and you can't do that there's no easy way you know there's no quick fix I guess to be able to do that without actually just doing it done is better than perfect is that classic saying Mm-hmm. And your ideal of perfect isn't what other people's are. So for, for people who can be quite self-critical, um, when other people see or hear or listen, they think it's fabulous. Yeah, you know? absolutely. But the person yeah. that's delivering it is actually their own worst critic and they think, oh, that could have been this or that. And I know that's the case for a lot of people who start out with video. They look back on their original videos that they might have created and they think, oh, that was awful. But to... Most people, they wouldn't be looking at, you know, those sort of flaws or judging any of those things. They're just there to get what they want out of it. You know, they're thinking of themselves. And that's the thing. Most people are actually thinking about themselves. They're not actually thinking about how someone else presents, you know, if it's a video or how they sound on a podcast. They just think, this is fabulous, you know. Yeah, what's in it for me? Yeah. 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 And I've had a couple of clients where they've just gone out and there are varying levels starting out they've just like got the website up it might not be perfect exactly how they want it it could be a work in progress which most people's websites are always you know work in progress but they've put something out there they've actually gone and presented it to some warm contacts you know to get some sales and get some orders going then there are the other people that procrastinate and they want everything um, proof of concept you know I've had a client say that to me I just need proof of concept and I'm like you don't because I can already see that what you've got is going to sell and then she came along to one of my retreats as a mastermind client and it was after that retreat she launched everything ah, she went perfect. straight ahead and did it yeah because I think it was just that shift in confidence and saying out loud to a group of like-minded women like 
I'm going to do this. This is this is going to yeah. be great. Success. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's always that. I think it's always just yeah. the lack of confidence in the end. And that is hidden through, you know, if you're in Facebook groups, you see people say, oh, what, what logo do you think I should go with? And then just <laughs> over and over again, oh, maybe, th- you know, maybe one, maybe three. And it's like, just do it. It does not matter. Honestly, your logo, <laughs> no. I think, I, I do, I, you know, I shouldn't say branding does matter, but I do think that sometimes that gets in our way and we just need to move forward. And as you said, we can always change it and we will change it. I rebranded a year ago and, you know, it was great because it gives everything a, a nice sort of fresh facelift, you know, and sometimes you pivot too in terms of who you're working with. So you can always make changes as you progress. Because you start out sometimes thinking you're going to go maybe down one path and then it evolves organically that you're actually better, you know, going in another direction. And the logo and the business name isn't what's going to make your business successful. No, absolutely. That's why I called my business my name because I was like, I know I'll change it. I'm someone who will always change things. So I'm like, I can't change my name. So that's just going to stay there and I'm not going to spend time on it. That's it. What I'm going to spend time on is actually doing the work and and through that, working out what I'm good at and what I'm not good at and the best service that I can offer. Getting things implemented and like you said, taking action. And I think that's the biggest factor in getting over yourself or getting out of your own way is just to take action and just to not procrastinate and not worry about the perfectionism because that's just all a way of basically self-protecting of actually holding off and saying I'll do it in six months or I'll sign up for this course or I'll get started once I've got things you know, the way they want them. And it's like, no, you won't because you've procrastinated this long. Unless you're going to make a decision now, yeah. you're not yeah. going to make it for another six months. And yeah. like you said, when you did your podcast launch, you know, you were pushed into for accountability to go live with your first podcast. It might not have been perfect the way you wanted it, but it got action. Exactly, exactly. Like Sarah, can I say that I forgot to press record for the first question? <laughs> I started and I'm like, hang on, something's not right. Oh, I haven't pressed record. Okay, so then at the end of the interview, I had to say, oh, I'm so sorry, Re. I just have to ask you the first question again. Yeah, can we just start at the intro? Yeah, record the intro. Exactly. And I'm not going to go back and listen to it now because I'll cringe, but I'm like, yeah, I did it. I started. Yeah. 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 And humans make errors. Humans make, you know, mistakes. I mean, you're not a robot. And I think that's the thing. It's actually not being as hard on yourselves. I, we, we did discuss something like that with um, my recent um, creative business women's retreat, you know, how as females we are really hard on ourselves. And I think other females can be critical of other females, but I think usually most people are quite self-critical you know they're quite hard on themselves um and you need to actually sort of look at what you've achieved to get to the point you've got to and how you're learning and it's an experience and a journey and that you're allowed to make mistakes you know it's okay part of it yeah and it's almost it's quite endearing that if you do make one and other people see it that's fine they'll be like you're relatable and that's something i say to people about media you know be relatable. That's what people are looking for. So there's nothing wrong. We're going to make mistakes. And it's funny, like I actually think, I feel like I've come a long way when I look back because I was such a perfectionist in my day job and annoyingly so. I look back and think I would have been so awful to work with. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, now I'm like just 
done is better than perfect. This yeah. is not going to happen yeah. unless I just go and do it. But when you were saying before about being our worst critic, like I think if I'm ever criticised for something, I usually take it to heart and take it so personally because it's almost as if I feel like that's validation to what I was already thinking. And mm. the thoughts I had around it were way worse than what I was ever told as well. So, you know, yeah. that can happen as well, that we sort of, we often expect and think worse of ourselves than anyone else would. And so if we ever do get criticism, it's almost just that we stockpile on that and think, oh, that's what I was already thinking. Yes, I was right, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that if we could really work on that inner mean girl, it, it just would help us so much. And it's an ongoing pro yeah. you know, process. I like that, the inner mean girl yeah and i've heard it's like called you know monkey brain or that monkey chatter you know that you've kind of got that kind of you know one one thought sitting on one shoulder and the other you know monkey on the other um giving you those sort of positive and negative and it's actually about sort of recognizing that that will happen but you've got to have a it's got to be louder you've got to yes. listen louder yes, to yes. the positivity yeah you know, i like that, that. yeah yeah over the last three years, you've been helping people get seen and get heard through the power of PR. And I see that you've helped secure coverage for clients in over 500 media outlets, including newspapers, TV, magazines. And I know you're very passionate about podcasts too. I love podcasts. Um, I It's funny, actually, because I've realised this year I'm not listening to them as much as I used to because we've moved and we were living um, quite far from my daughter's um, kinder and I was always like driving. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm missing my podcast. I need to listen to them more on walks yeah. and cleaning and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, I, um, I think that podcasts, and obviously now I've got my own, um, I think they are a really great way to position yourself as an expert in what you do because they're, you know, like today, it's an in-depth conversation. And when you listen to it as a listener, you really get an insight into someone and the way they operate and their thoughts around certain things. So it's a great way yeah. to be able to showcase that. So I love it. And I also love yeah. that it's so niche as well. So you can find a topic that you're super interested in. Um, and then, yeah. you know, media is kind of an extension of that. Um, I think that it's, you know, a way that you can position yourself as an expert or if you have a product, you can get, you know, more eyes on it. But it's also a way of building, I think, credibility and trust with your existing audience. Yeah. So for them to kind of see that, yeah, you know what you're talking about enough that the media want to interview you or show showcase your product. Yeah. And I think that's a great thing too. Yeah, absolutely. So all that visibility is so powerful and you can propel your business forward really quickly, which is wonderful with the power of PR. But I imagine that it's not everyone's always ready for it or comfortable with that increased public presence, you know, when it starts to build momentum. So what do you recommend for people to try to help overcome that reluctance to be seen and heard or exposed? And, and how do they handle that increased visibility they get from PR without sort of getting that, you know, spotlight shock, you know, because I know you help people who are spotlight shy. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, spotlight shock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, yes, so this is something that comes up a lot. And what I suggest, so what we've spoken about is taking action is paramount. So the more you do something, the easier it will become. But when it comes to the yes. media, I do suggest that you start slowly or you start, I guess, in a comfortable way. So a great way mm. is if you have a friend who has a podcast, um, they may have even just started it just to reach out to them and see if you could be interviewed by them because that 
no doubt you'll feel comfortable. It's your friend. A podcast is also great mm. to start out because it's often, it's usually um, pre-record. So if there are any, you know, mistakes that you make or if you sort of stumble or whatever, you can often, you know, the person yeah. It can be edited, so that's great. And yeah. also it just builds momentum. So once you start doing one thing, you'll find that it has a bit of a snowball effect and you, you'll just, yeah, your confidence yeah. will definitely grow. So I suggest that and also just picking your low-hanging fruit too. So there's always opportunities around us. It's just knowing where they are. And this is something that yeah. I taught recently in my PR masterclass in that, you know, there's opportunities out there through platforms like, say, Source Bottle um, or by, you know, looking at new Google News Alerts and seeing what's coming through and, and seeing what's being spoken about in your industry and then reaching out. Um, and I call that the yeah. low-hanging fruit because it's opportunities that are warm and that are already out there. Yeah. So I always suggest yeah. to my clients to look for those too because if you um, approach a media opportunity where or you assist a journalist, like if they're looking for someone and you, mm. you know, say I can help because I'm, you know, an expert in that area, that's a great way to start that relationship too, that you're helping them out. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's, a, you know, a great way to do it too. But I think when it comes to, say, Spotlight Shock, the thing, something that I know a lot of my, well, there's a few different fears that come up for my clients. Um, imposter syndrome or imposter complex is a yes. big one. So feeling as if, you know, that, well, who am I to be talking on this topic? And, you know, am I really qualified enough to be talking about this? So something that I always say to my clients about this is that if you feel uncomfortable or if that's bringing up fears for you about being seen as an expert or having to have all the right answers all the time, just think of yourself as a key contributor. So you're contributing to the conversation. You don't have to mm you know, be the person who knows absolutely everything about that topic, but you need to contribute yeah. and to add your value. And there is no one else in this world who has your experience, mindset and personality combined. No one. Someone yeah. might come close, but no yeah. one does. So that's such a beautiful thing that your position or perspective on something is going to be different yeah. to anyone else's out there. And if you think like that, it just yeah. makes it a bit easier. So joining the yes. conversation is a great way to think about it because who doesn't want to join yeah. the conversation? <laughs> and yeah. we all have something valuable to say, so we may as well share it. And, yeah, I found that that's yeah. really helped my clients too, just that sort of, I guess, perspective shift. Yeah, no, that's fantastic that's so helpful and thank you so much for sharing all of that i know our listeners will get a lot out of that you know in terms of what we've covered today so katie where can people find you on the web if they'd like to know more about you yeah so my home is um katie mains <laughs> i said before dot com dot au um and you can also follow me on instagram i'm quite active there these days um so that's just yes. katie mains and my podcast yes. as well you can check that out that's called business between bells and um instagram for that is business between bells thank you so much it's um that's where you can find katie and katie thanks so much for sharing um you know and being so open and and so giving today on the podcast um it's been fabulous having you oh thanks so much for having me i've loved our chat sarah and so if you've missed anything in today's interview or you'd like to go back and revisit katie's story and advice today in more detail you can click on the link to download today's show notes and get a copy of everything we've talked about today in your email inbox so it's time for me to say goodbye and i'll see you in our next episode
Loved this episode of Products to Profits? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated.